0: Welcome to another edition of Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Last week of April, a little team competition. It was the uh, Zerrick Classic out there, TPC New Orleans. And, uh, well, Cam Smith, he's got this team game figured out. He wins it again, this time with uh, Mark Leishman. Of course, a couple years ago with uh, Jonas Blix, this is his third win. He's got two of them now in the team competition. We're going to be talking a lot of Cam Smith. Of course, Mark Leishman played some good golf. And they uh, defeat the South Africans there. Charles Schwartzel and Louis Oosteis in some, some bad golf. My goodness. Down the stretch in the alternate competition. To help us break us all down here. He's back. The one and the only Froggy. How you doing, man? Good morning, Travis. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm um, I'm celebrating still. You know, I had, uh, I've had i got this gambling show. I actually got two gambling shows for crying out loud. One is Fantasy Golf with DraftKings. And then the other is more straight line betting we call cash out with the coaches and i pick one winning ticket head to head matchups top 20 top 10 every single week right got the top 20 and i got my second win i had leishman uh and smith so i was happy to see that that always pads the uh the wallet just a little bit it was a good week for me so i was excited
1: yeah no, that's good i mean that was a good you know good coming down the stretch but you're right there was some bad golf going on there was some stuff it looked like i was playing i mean some of the chipping was not good <laughs> um and listen i i know there's a lot to be said about nerves i know guys get nervous and they get nervous because they care um but you know that i i felt legitimately bad for louis stays on that mm-hmm. first tee shot in the uh,
0: extra holes yeah i did too that was um you know louis got a lot of second place finishes you know since uh his win there at the open championship which feels like a lifetime ago um yeah. It just, uh, the alternate shot, we'll get into that, but I, before we get to the tournament, um, to our audience here, I want to announce, I want to welcome Froggy to the team. You know, we've been building the Stripe show podcast brand for a while. It's doing very well. We appreciate everybody subscribing and listening and tuning in as we expand the portfolio. And of course, Monday is all about, you know, news and analysis. So we're going to look at the Zurich classic. We're going to look at it all things golf. We're actually going to talk about the player impact program as well as that was announced on the PGA tour. Got some thoughts on that. Tuesday, Of course, it's all about fantasy golf, DFS preview with DraftKings Wednesday, uh, the support of the coaching and the instruction and all that. We got Lucas Wald coming up on Wednesday. And then, of course, Samantha on Friday, everything goes happy hour express. So there's Thursday, right? We've been thinking about who's going to fill in Thursday. I need someone that's going to have some common sense, all this crazy stuff that's happening In the world and in golf, I need a voice of reason and I need someone that loves golf and the man that's sitting next to you. He's gonna be taking it over froggy Thursdays. Welcome to the team, my man.
1: Appreciate it, man. I'm excited to do it. I I really am. I love golf. I love all aspects of it. I'm a huge fan, but at the same time, I understand uh, how some things need to be addressed. Uh, so no, I'm excited to do it. I love it. And, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity
0: and, uh, let's take off to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. We got some good guests coming up, including, uh, one of them that you'll probably see here in the next couple of weeks, Billy Horschel, who's playing great golf, lives here in Ponte Vedra. And, uh, he's got some, he's got some opinions on some things that are happening out there. So I'm excited to hear from Billy and others, uh, that, uh, that you're lined in with, and this is how big a golf fan, uh, froggy is. He's out at, you know, home goods with his, his wife yesterday. Nice yep. gesture. Let's go shopping. Sure, I'll go. Oh, and um, what's Froggy doing o- on Sunday afternoon? He's what? What were you doing, Froggy?
1: I found a couch at Home Goods, and then I found a little watering can I could prop my phone up on. And then I pulled <laughs> a table over to the couch, like a little coffee table behind the couch, and I just lounged out on the couch for about forty minutes and watched golf while <laughs> I was at Home Goods. Because when I was walking around with her, I was trying to convince her why we didn't need all of this stuff she was going to buy. She's like, "Never mind, I don't want you here anymore." <laughs> So I went over and watched golf. It was great. Worked out
0: for both of us. Uh, And You were watching uh, the Zurich Classic. uh, Cam, Smith, and Mark Leishman, of course, uh, they get the win. And, you know, there's four guys, really, that this tournament was coming down to. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and you and I are texting. And I was like, man, there's some bad golf going on right now. I mean, Leishman holds out on 16. That was a great shot. Yeah, he saved it it there because Cam's uh, – T-shot
1: was not terrible. Uh, I just caught a really bad bounce up there by the green It bounced left when they could have easily have bounced right and forward and they would have probably had a putt for eagle. yeah uh, very makeable putt for eagle. But instead it goes in the water, Leishman makes an amazing chip, rolls it right in the hole, makes birdie to tie the lead. That completely gave them momentum and then coming down the stretch, um I, I mean, I thought Leishman really held it together yesterday. Yeah. As, as far as you, if, if you were going to go who carried the team 50-50? It was not a 50-50 situation. Mark Leishman was definitely in control yesterday of his golf mall, much more so than uh, Cameron Smith was.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, you know, of the four, which stood out to you. And Leishman certainly stood out to me as well. That was clutch. I, he doesn't make that shot. I don't think they, I don't think they win that tournament. Um, and Cam Smith, you know, this is a guy, I want to segue to Cam here for a second. You know, Cam, to me, and I've been saying this on the podcast and the gambling shows now for a couple of weeks, he's playing the best golf of his career right now. I think this is the best run of golf that we've seen. Fourth at the Genesis, 11th at WGC Mexico, which was, of course, played in Southern Florida. 17th at the Players, 10th at the Masters, 9th at RBC. Now, here he is, his third win on the PGA Tour, two at Zurich. His other one was Sony uh, back in 2020. So I just sat there and I thought to myself, you know, Cam Smith, okay, we've got three wins. And I think he, it, deservedly so, there's asterisks by two of them. They're team competition. Um, he certainly uh, has played well and contributed, but it's a team competition. Some wins mean more than others on the PGA Tour. Where are we at with Cam? He's playing great golf. I'm, my question is, is how high is the ceiling for the 27-year-old Cam Smith? Are we going to see another win? And, and if it's a win, is it going to be a big win, like a memorial? Like a WGC, is there a major championship in the future?
1: I don't think so. I think you're seeing, I think we're there. I think this is what he is. He's extremely competitive. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I I just, there's so much talent. Things are going to have to really fall all of his way. Um, I don't see him as like, for example, I see Scotty Scheffler as being a guy that I really think is going to be really, really good. Um, And so for a guy like Scotty Scheffler, I think there's further to go. But with Cam Smith, I think it's more, he can play this level of golf. Cause let's be honest, yesterday's win was carried a great deal by Mark Leishman. Um, but I think in order for cam Smith to win, I think it's going to take either, either a weaker field or maybe some guys not playing their best that week, more so than cam Smith, just going out and taking it away from him.
0: Yeah. He, he's got, you know, you look at his game. Um, his, his strength is certainly around the green strokes in around the green. He's 43rd strokes can't putting he's 15th. I mean, that is his bread and butter around yeah. the green
1: Let's be honest, that chip yesterday on 18, the last hole of regulation, I mean, they were there in two, he could have nestled that up there, they could have knocked it right in for birdie, and it would have been over, we wouldn't have gone extra holes, but it was not the best chip. I understand there are nerves involved, but there's going to be nerves involved when you're trying to win a tournament by yourself as well.
0: Yeah, and there was, on the the broadcast, they were talking about, like, Cam Smith is clutch and this and that, and, like, I really haven't seen that aspect of Cam yet in the career, like chips are down cam smith elevates his game i haven't seen that yet now in the team competition maybe there were parts of that uh, but over this stretch of run it seems like with cam there's always that little stretch of golf that kind of seems to uh you know take away from the other three rounds right he'll kind of run up there and then it's 12 to 18 holes where it's really bad golf and then he comes down and then he comes back up again and there he is uh, in the top ten. Now he's played well at the Masters. Uh his short game certainly shines, you know, around those greens for sure. But I just look at him and he's like he's not very long off the tee. He's two hundred and ninety-seven yards and he's kind of crooked too. He doesn't hit a ton of fairways strokes off the tee, 114. That is his weakness off the tee. He gives up distance and he's not exactly completely accurate off of the T as well. And I think in today's game, I tend to if agree with hit you that he's short, pretty close to his trade.
1: Yeah. If you're gonna hit it short, you better be hitting in the middle of the fairway. You can hit it long and maybe it's, you know, like Bryson and it's close and you're, you're wedging it into the green. But if you're not hitting it long, it's a short run and you're going in with
0: long irons. You've got to be playing from the short grass. Yeah. Now I'll give him this. His approach game is I think improved. His stroke can approach. Uh, he's 40th right now. I think he's really excelled there and that's gone nicely um, with his, with his short game and his putting. But I think in today's game, that stroke scan off the tee, can he get a bit more accurate? I think he needs to. And I think, you know, just eliminate that run of golf that seems to kind of push him down into that top 20 mix, which again, we're we're being hypercritical here, but the question is, is what is the ceiling of Cameron Smith? He's one of the hottest players on tour. We're seeing him a lot. He's getting a lot of pub, but what really is his ceiling at this point? I tend to agree. I think, you know, being critical, I think we're pretty close to that ceiling right now, unless he can do a little bit more with the driver long-term.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Are we also, uh, there's an elephant in the room. Do you want me to bring that up or go no? ahead? Another Sunday afternoon that Tony Finau goes the other way. Yeah. You know, I just, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great player, but I think that, you know, when you see these second place finishes, a lot of the second place finishes are when he starts kind of far back on a Sunday and has a great final round and kind of gets up into second place. And I hate to call it a backdoor second place finish, but you know, when, when the chips are down, You know, he's he's had the chances to perform and and, and get a victory. But once again, yesterday, it was bad. I mean, we we were going over shot by shot. There was some bad shots, bad putts, uh, bad drives yesterday that kind of derailed that entire team. Team send it uh, was what, five over, four over yesterday? Plus four, yeah. Yeah, it was not a good day for them yesterday.
0: I think T-17, they fell way down the leaderboard. We've seen it with Fina. We've talked about it a lot here. And, um, you know, you talk about being clutch. He's not. We know that, you know. And I think the bigger question with Fina is does he deserve to be on the Ryder Cup? You know, I think that's going to be a question that's going to be really interesting for the captain, uh, Steve Stricker. Do you put him in these pressure pack situations? You know in team format best ball, when he frees it up, he can go. He can make a lot of birdies. He's a oh, world-class yeah. player. We've seen him finish second. But when it comes down to hitting those big shots when the pressure's on, I don't want Tony Finau anywhere near that shot. And you, and you kind of sense even the nerves with the alternate shot late on Sunday. They're in the hunt. Um, you know, he just comes right out. He misses the birdie putt on one. He, I think he plugs it into the bunker on two. It was, it was one of those holes there. He missed the green with a wedge twice, um, on the front nine. I mean, just, you know, just things like, what do you, what, you know, like the, that those are the things just kind of scratching your head. What, what just happened here is the pressure mounts up the nerves hit. And it's always interesting to see who can elevate, who can elevate their game. Tony Finau, to me, can't elevate his game. I want to see if Cam Smith can elevate his game. I think Mark Leishman has proven that he can elevate his game um, when the pressure is down. Six wins now on the PGA Tour. But yeah, it's it's tough to watch with Fina. He is a great guy. It's just I've exhausted it to no degree, Froggy. It is. Um, it's just tough. It's just like you, you expect it now. I hate to say it, but you just expect it.
1: Yeah, and a win yesterday would have been an asterisk. I mean, I know he's got the he's got the alternate uh field win that he had in Puerto Rico. But you know, it's w- weird too. What really struck me as odd was it was a lot of hype around uh team send it as they yeah. call it themselves but here's cameron champ and tony phenol that between them have two victories and both were alternate field events sanderson farms for uh, cam Champ, and, and uh, excuse me puerto rico for uh tony phenol both alternate field events so neither one have really realized all the potential that was heaped upon them coming into the uh you know coming on to the tour so it's, in, you know, it's interesting to see. I'm not saying they won't get it done, but just yeah. yesterday was another opportunity of
0: going backwards when there was a really big opportunity to move forwards. See, I think the ceiling, when I look at a Fina, I think it's higher than a Cam Smith just because I think he matches him in, in the approach game. He's longer. He's a better driver. He can take advantage. And, and I don't think Fina is that bad of a short game putter either. I think he's, he's gotten better. We're just talking situational golf with Fina. Right. You know, when the pressure's on. I do think he'll get the second win. I do. You know, I, I think it's coming. I, you know, I predicted speeth, Like he's going to come back and he's going to get the. He's just there's too much skill set there. You know, like there's just too much skill set over a course of round that he's going to catch that hot putter and perhaps open up a big enough lead and things kind of follow his way. Right. And maybe he does get a little more clutch down the stretch. We'll have to wait and see. But I look at the leaderboard here. Some other names that kind of jump out to me. I think Peter Uline's got to feel very good about himself. Uh, finished third. Uh, with Richie Warensky, he won on the Corn Fairy Tour, and then he comes over here and now finishes third in a team event. So he's got to feel very good about where things are going. And there's Billy Horshel, uh, T four with Sam Burns. Uh, they showed some fight. They had a tough day on Tuesday, shooting seventy three, but outside of that, they look like a pretty good team. Those two.
1: Yeah, on a Friday they finished. Uh, their last hole was a you know was a rough finishing hole, a par five. They really struggled on that last hole. Without that. Uh, they would have they would have been in the conversation um yeah. you know, come late yesterday afternoon but uh you know, Billy's been playing really well lately he's got the win at the WGC in Austin he finished second at concession the WGC that was supposed to be the Mexico that was played in Sarasota Florida um and he, he you know he played he played okay at the masters um he was up near the top of the leaderboard going into the uh weekend at rbc so he's had some really good finishes and
0: playing well and also doing a lot of good stuff around the community here in uh, northeast florida yep yeah we look forward to get him on the podcast billy horse will be on here uh in the next couple weeks been good to see him playing good golf um you know i I go back to this tournament here one more time the format do we like it is it you know we've got the i'm gonna go ahead and say best ball i can't the the four ball i mean it's just doesn't make any sense to me. Can we just change the language here to, to make it, you know, like where we can understand it just when someone says, it. I, I always have to, I've been playing all my whole life. I have to think about it, you know? So it's, you got the best ball Thursday, Saturday, and then you've got alternate shot uh, Friday, Sunday. I tend to like the format. I, I really do. I'm not a, you know, the way they set it up, they want to do the team game. So these are your options. I don't think you could do a scramble. Um, Why not? Although I'm not, that, a huge, that's my question. Why not? yeah well i mean you could
1: i guess could they take one day and put a scramble in there because i think a scramble would, would make for some really low scores
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> they would they would tear it up
1: right which i which would be fun to watch as a you know as a fan i would like that i the yeah. alternate shot is difficult if you've ever played alternate shot with any of your buddies i know you have it's tough to get into a oh. flow, whereas in if you if you did a scramble and you let each guy tee off, they'd play the best ball on the way in, and that would be an amazingly low score. It'd be fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Well, think about this. Thursday, the average score was 66.6. 6. Friday, alternate shot, 73.2. Saturday, best ball, 65.8. Sunday, alternate shot, 72.6. One of the things that stood out to me, I thought the course played really tough. Um, really tough. Long greens were just lightning. That's the most spice that i've seen in the greens in a while i mean they had they were firm they were fast guys putting from 10 yards off the green yeah, you know the grass I saw that. you know the renovation and the types of grass that they made since we've seen it you could see it play out i mean the course had a lot of fire in it i mean it really did i, I thought they might set it up a little easier sunday for some scoring but i thought it played tough
1: it did it did play tough and the greens were it was it was interesting and different to see guys chipping from like you said 10 yards off the green not butting from 10 yards off the green normally you see guys chipping but there was no reason it was rolling so smooth the grass was tightly mown and uh
0: the greens were super quick oh super quick and firm some of those greens coming in uh on the on the par three some of those shots you see him hit and just you know the ball is just you know bouncing so they had to be they had to be extremely accurate. And I think there was a little bit of perhaps luck involved with the ball, the way the ball was bouncing and running around and doing different things. But there was a lot of fire there at TPC, um, Louisiana. I tend to like that course. I've played it. Um, you know, I like it. I, I think it's, it's a tough spot in the schedule. We know that, um, you know, you've got the identity of RBC will always be what it is after the Masters. And I think they enjoy that. It's kind of, a, it's not a week off, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's a little more relaxed. Right. And I think they're comfortable with the guys that are going to come there and play that golf course, which takes the driver out of hand. And then you come over here and it's a best ball um, slash alternate shot. And I think they've done a good job, Zurich, with creating an identity, something that's different. It's a change of pace. I like that you know, does it fit the mold and the model of Zurich to bring the women's game into it? Is this something that they would entertain and want to do as the sponsor, um, to have perhaps a PGA tour LPGA tour co-sanctioned event, which I think would be off the chart. And maybe it doesn't fit the mold of what Zurich is trying to do. Certainly the PGA tour would have to look at that. And right. Um, you know, they, they certainly are going to support the LPGA tour and the LPGA tour, I would have to think would be all over something like that. Um, but how cool would that be? I mean, to see I, – I think you would get some bigger names coming in to play, you know, with some of these ladies um, who you know that all the big-name lady players would want to come in. Can you make that work because they were out in L.A.? I think it would be a fascinating discussion. Maybe it's being had already. I don't know.
1: Well, if you did, though, you would have to. So it's, it's, a, it's a fulfilled event? The Zurich? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's 80 teams, 160. Right. right. So you that means you'd have to tell 80 PGA Tour players they don't qualify and fill that spot with 80 yeah. – LPGA players. I'm not sure that that's going to go over really well either. So it's definitely a tough putt. I think on the surface, it sounds like a good idea. I do think it would be huge TV ratings. It would be great to see, you know, a a PGA tour player paired with an LPGA tour player. I think it would be great. It would be fun to watch. I would be all in watching it, Mm -hmm. but I can see logistically where it would be like, wait a second. So we're going to tell 80 of our guys they can't play because we're, I mean, it's tough.
0: Opposite field. Maybe there's another, sponsor that would want to do an opposite field event of sorts yeah, you could you know where now you you bring that aspect into we see opposite field events with the wgcs right um right. two three four times throughout the year so maybe there's something there yeah there's a lot of logistics that go into that but i just sit there and i kept thinking to myself how cool would this be to see the men and the women coming together to play um this time event? i think Zurich's done a really good job of it it's different it's a change of pace i'm not a fan of alternate shot i just I don't think it's, it's just very difficult for me to watch. It's very difficult to get into the rhythm as a player, put shots together. You hit a drive. The next shot you hit is a six foot putt. Then the next shot you hit is a 80 yard wedge shot. Then the next shot you hit is you're tapping in from one inch. I mean, it's just, right. you know, there's just no sense of rhythm to it. The players would be interesting as we talked to Billy to talk to him about if there's anything that he does differently when he's playing in an alternate shot event like that. Bubba had some interesting comments. He, Bubba Watson said, look, I wouldn't be opposed to playing alternate shot every day because I have to, it makes him concentrate more. You know, he has a hard time concentrating it. He's more engaged in that format because it's so unique and
1: so different. Wow. Yeah. I would love to see, I I know they won't do it, but I would love to see a scramble involved. I mean, I, I, I I think it brings 59 into play for sure. Oh, uh,
0: there's no question. Yeah.
1: I mean, easily. Oh, for sure. You give them two looks at every putt. I mean, I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're going to start making everything.
0: Yeah. You know, you look at, like, there's discussion, like, where do these guys, you know, where do you get the advantage and win these tournaments? You know, I, I think it's really, it's the Thursday-Saturday round. You look at the course, the stroke average was 66, just under 67, as I mentioned, on Thursday, and then just under 66 on Saturday. And Leishman and Smith shot 63 both days. So that's where they really kind of gained the strokes. Right. And then just pushed even in the alternate shot. So the, it's almost... You know, just don't don't shoot yourself out of the tournament in the alternate shot, basically.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys went bogey free in those on that Thursday, Saturday round. Yeah. They were bogey free. And then do all you can to, to, to not make bogeys. It's tough. I mean, yesterday Finale and Champ made a ton of bogeys um in the alternate shot round. But if you look the winning teams, they made one, made one yeah. bogey all day long. That's that's really the key is to not play yourself out of the tournament in those Thursday, Saturday and, and try and get as far ahead as you can. So that if you do come back a little bit to the field, at least you're still there.
0: You have to pick. You going to take Fino on the on the on the Ryder Cup?
1: Right now, no. Yeah, no, no. Mm-mm. no. And that's and like I said, nothing against Tony Fino. I think he's a I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good player. But when it comes down to Ryder Cup, that's all about nerves. I mean, there is absolutely nerves and tension and pressure. And sometimes I feel like he does play tight. And if there's any bit, if there's ever been a place to play tight, Ryder Cup is definitely it.
0: Let's move to this uh, player impact program. The tour announced um, last week, a lot of um, discussion around this 40 million that uh, is up for stake here. Right. And they're going to pay the top 10 that have the biggest impact when it comes to a number of different metrics. I'm not going to get into all the metrics. There's, I think there's like a list of eight or nine things, Google search, those types of things, not so much performance based, but more marketing based, right. Exposure based. And So there's been a lot of feedback, some positive, uh, some negative, and um, the top 10 are going to get it. You know, the 40 million at the end of the year, when you saw this, what were some of your initial thoughts?
1: I like it as somebody who does podcasting and somebody who is a fan of golf and loves to interact on social media. I think it's great because I think it gives them an incentive to do more, whether it's doing more podcasts or participating more on social media. I remember loving watching Ricky Fowler and Smiley Kaufman and Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth go on their Baker's Bay spring break. That was so much fun to watch while they were doing it. And that's what the tour needs more of. We need to see more, you know, I I understand supporting sponsors 110%. We need to thank sponsors and support them because that's why we're here. But at the same time, I would like to see a little more than just social media being so sponsor driven. I want to see, you know, on a day when you're practicing or a day when you're doing this or a day you're hanging out with your family and do, I am, I don't want a camera on 24 seven, but just to see a little more of who they are as a person, not just as a player intrigues me as a fan. And it also intrigues me as a podcaster. So I think this is great because I think it drives that and gives them incentive to do more of that.
0: Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think we're going to see some fun stuff. didn't take Brooks Kepka long to get into the game and challenge. Right. El Presidente. Yeah. Um, no, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of that uh portnoy uh, we we've been out there with twitter like Mm. dude hit me up like let's let's do this i will dial you in and we will take it to the left-handed kepka no chance we will take it to the left hand anyway um yeah i think it's great i mean i think you're you're gonna you're gonna see some different stuff you're gonna see some um a little bit more organic content if you will just in the you know authentic um, yeah, you're going to see some other things that you might not like, but that's okay too. I I, I like the insight. I, I love you know on Instagram when players are posting swings when they're practicing and here's yeah. what I'm working on and things like when that. They play together. I love that.
1: I love when they you know there was not but maybe last year during the pandemic, Ricky and uh, JT and some other guys got out. They were playing with Persimmon Woods. It was great. They were yeah. showing. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It it adds to the tour, and I think the tour knows that stuff like that is real. And it drives viewership and drives fandom. And I think it's great for golf. And I, I I think this is good all the way around. I don't really see a negative in the beginning. I didn't understand how they were going to determine. Because I agreed yeah. with what Brooke said. That, okay, we should just just pencil Tiger in. Let's let's just make him first yeah. every year. It's, I mean, that's true, honestly. Yeah. Nobody moves the needle like Tiger. He is the needle. Um, but to know that there is a metric-driven system, I think it's great. I, I do not see a negative to it. I don't.
0: You know, the metrics, you know, will be discussed. And... I'm sure adjusted and modified yeah. as they go. No different than the FedEx Cup. You know, when they first came out with that, they had to, it's very different now than than it used to be. And I think this will be something that kind of ebbs and flows. And, and I think it's a, frankly, I think it's a move the tour had to make. I think the Premier Golf League was a real threat. You know, you start coming after your big name players and your names that, Let's, frank, let's face it, are more important than some other names on the PGA Tour. I think oh, you've got enough. to have your stars. I don't know. And now you're going to start throwing money at your stars to pull them away over here. We're seeing it in other sports, soccer over in Europe. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a real 2021 issue. Now you have players like Mark Calcavecchia and others who played the tour years ago, you know, quote, utterly ridiculous, this initiative. It could be, you know, this money could be used in developing the game, the game, corn fairy tour junior initiatives. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but these, that was his, that was his comment and his thoughts. And I think shared perhaps by a lot of people, maybe in that era, when these types of threats and this type of platform that is available to all of these PGA tour players and social media, those things didn't exist then. And so it's easy maybe to kind of say, you know what guys, let's use the money for something else.
1: no, It's called adapting. It's much like when the pandemic started, if you owned a a restaurant and you were shut down, the best thing you could do is get into the takeout business. These restaurants that said, well, we don't do takeout. Okay, well then you're not going to survive because you're not adapting. You have to adapt. The tour is adapting to the changing world that we live in. Social media is not a fad. Social media is not something that's just for a couple people, and it's not going away. And it does drive viewership, and fandom drives viewership. And to make these players more accessible to the average Joe to see what they're doing, it, you know, so many people playing golf want to see swings. They're studying swings. They're breaking them down. They want to swing like this guy or that guy. This absolutely adds to golf. I don't see a negative. I understand where there could be money spent maybe to to, to build the corn Ferry tour and do that kind of stuff. I get it. But this isn't taking away from that. I think I, I talked to you about this before we started. I see this almost as like, don't think for one second the PGA tour doesn't spend a ton of money advertising. This is, this is like another advertising campaign. This is a case of instead of us spending money on TV commercials or billboards or social media clicks, instead of spending money on that, let's reward our players for shining a light on our tour and on our sport. And it's good for golf all the way around. That's how I see what they're doing. And Mark, you're coming across as a little bit of
0: a get off my lawn guy. Just a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love you, but that's just how it comes across. It does. You you have to adapt.
0: You have to adapt. Yeah, you really do. And I've said this many times. I think social media has done more for the sport of golf than any other sport. I really do.
1: Um,
0: 100%. We were talking yesterday. Machine Gun Kelly was here. uh, Played a concert before the UFC on Friday night. Yeah. Before the UFC fight here in Jacksonville. And he's playing golf here in, in Jacksonville with his crew all day on, um, on Sunday loves golf, loves it. I had no idea. I had no idea. And you know, I'm looking at some of his stuff. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Here's this. It's
1: shocking how many people love the sport of golf people. You would never, ever even think twice about. And they're not only do they enjoy it, they're good at it. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's fun. And, and I think that is what drives the sport. It, it gets more people at the end of the day. It's about getting more people involved. I don't care how good you are at golf. If you're going out and playing, it's like top golf. People say, oh, well, top golf doesn't grow the game. It absolutely does. Of course it, it does. People interested in the sport. And that's all we want at the end of the day. And that's why this, this player, what do they call it? Player impact,
0: it it, it drives people to like our sport more. And that's really all we want. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the big names. I mean, we need the big names. You got to protect those assets. Um, You can't have guys like Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, you can't have this kind of these kinds of names being pulled away, enticed to go do other things. Um, And you think, oh, they're not going to do that. Well, you know what, they might, they did. They did. Yeah. Money, money, money talks. There
1: were plenty of them that said they were open to it. When you're open to it, that means money talks. And that's, you know, you can't, you, know, you can pull Jonathan bird and Hunter Mahan away. And I'm not sure that that hurts the tour, but if you, if you pull Dustin Johnson, Roy McElroy or Bryson or Brooks, or any of these guys away, that hurts. And yep. the tour can't have that happen. And if this is something that helps them stay
0: then so be it. Here's what it looked like in night or 2019, according to golf week, you know, run the metrics close as you can get at the top 10 and 19 would have been tiger. Of course. Yeah. Brooks, Rory, Phil, Ricky, Rose, Scott, Spieth, DJ, JT. All right. Guys that guess what the guys that move the needle, but
1: what this opportunity does is it gives guys who aren't in that top 10. It gives them the opportunity to do a little more, become a little more visible And maybe they'll get into the top 10 and that therefore drives the sport.
0: Yeah. You've got three international guys there in Rory, Justin, and Adam. And then of course um, you've got a couple older guys, Phil and tiger, tiger. I mean, that's tiger and Phil's Phil. I mean, he's, he's certainly number two from that era. You comfortable with like a Ricky Fowler who struggling to make cuts. He's, he's probably, it'd be interesting to see like where Fowler will fall into that metric considering how he's, how he's playing. And I heard an interview with him on Sirius XM. He's like, yeah, I need to start hitting a few more fairies and greens. If I (laughs) want to, I want to get, if I want to get into that top 10, but I mean, Bryson is going to be on that list. So who comes out of that list? You know, is it, I think Justin Rose is probably the name that I would think, although Justin, is following the footsteps of Ricky Fowler as far as yeah. the amount of commercials. <laughs> he is. He is doing a lot of commercials. Uh, and I don't,
1: I don't have a problem with Ricky being on that list. His performance has, has not been what it was. And he's admitted that I don't think mm-hmm. it's from lack of, I don't I definitely don't think there's some lack of caring. Maybe it's preparing the wrong way. I don't mean, know. He's changed coaches. I don't think it's even lack of trying. I just, but that doesn't. Th- this list is not performance based. It's based off of what yeah. are you doing for visibility. And Ricky Fowler does all he can for visibility, and therefore he deserves to be rewarded if that's what the metrics
0: are based upon. It'll be interesting, you know. There's always going to be there, there's always going to be debate on the metrics and this and that. That's never going to go away. But I think the move. I think it's when you add it all up. I think it's the move the tour had to make, and I think it's a good thing. At the end of the day, social media is a real thing. These guys that it, that engage in it. And are pushing out and doing fun organic authentic things but then also you know maybe getting a bit creative and trying some different stuff as brooks did with portnoy that's interesting to me
1: yeah no I think it's good it's for great. the sport even tigers tiger in the beginning did not participate really very much in social media but now what the other day we got a picture we we got the overhead shot somebody flew over his golf course at his house and saw that they were redoing it so he posted a picture of himself with his walking boot on and crutches and he was standing out on the golf course and made a a, a reference to how well he was healing that it was going much slower than the golf course. But even tigers participating in social media. And I saw a picture, I think it was yesterday. He was at Charlie was playing golf and he was riding in a golf cart with Erica driving. So he's, he's participating as well. And that is big because he was not
0: participating at one time really on social media. It is big. It's, it's, it's enormous. I gotta tell you, I mean, I'm a very small piece, you know, with my followers of 150,000 on Instagram and across other formats, you know, another 25, whatever, like, I got a nice following and subscribers. And it's like, I mean, you can't even see my spec froggy, you know, like, you can't even see it when you compare it to the masses that these guys have, right? right. And the followers that they have. And I, you know, I, I sense it, you know, in the impact and it is you know, someone came up to me, I was playing at Marsh, uh, at Marsh landing on Friday. And a guy came up to me and said, Hey, my son loves your videos. He he really doesn't play golf that much, but he loves your videos and he's playing more now. And I was like, I, I just took a step back and I was like, you know what? That makes my day. I mean, it really does. I mean, it just totally made my day. And I'm like this speck in this world, this oyster of people that are looking at the sport and can be introduced to it. Just through these kinds of impacts and initiatives um, that are out there, so it's 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 cool to see and it's it's powerful, man. I'm telling you, it's it's very powerful.
1: And the good thing about most of your stuff is that it's not all one one or the other. Like a lot of people are just all one thing, but yeah, yeah. you do like you know show us your swing and and yeah. uh, and it's funny to watch. There's some golf swings that are you yeah know, funny to watch. It's entertaining. I can't tell you how many times I'm watching. I'm like, wait a second. I'll show my wife, Lisa. You got to see this guy's golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, it's bad. But I mean, it is there's so many aspects of golf that are entertaining and social media, like you said, has been amazing for golf, I believe as well, more than any other sport.
0: Yeah. And I think with the tour, like them, one thing that I would love to to continue to see from them is continuing to lean in on the entertainment aspect of it. I think they would tell you that they are and they like to control things, but I, I love the just leaning in on more entertainment based stuff.
1: Yeah. The walk-up songs at the Zurich are fun. Yeah. That kind of stuff is good. It, it adds anything that adds, it takes away from the stigma of it's stuffy yeah. old people playing golf and they're not athletes. That that's the old stigma that we're still, no matter how, many Dustin Johnson's and Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy's and Brooks Kepkas and Bryson's we add to the sport. There's still that stigma that we're still fighting to get away from. Yep. And these guys help us get further and further away from it.
0: Well, you're going to help us get away from that on Thursdays. Uh, it'll kick yes. off on Thursday, uh, froggy Thursdays here, Stripe Show podcast. We look forward to, uh, to hearing that. And um, of course on Tuesday, while we'll the DF- DFS preview um, of the uh, Valspar championship, Paul Casey, he's won that back-to-back times. Uh, we haven't, we didn't see the tournament back in 2020. I got to tell you something, Frog. we're on a heater right now. When it comes to these, uh, shows, the DFS on Tuesdays and cash out with the Wednesdays last two weeks, my goodness, I'm I'm thinking about quitting my day job and just think, you know, maybe I'll just do a professional thing. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, no, that's when it goes South.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll do that. And then we got Lucas Wald coming up on Wednesday, really talented young teacher who, um, has done some really cool stuff when it comes to speed and distance and things like that. So we'll, we'll get into that on Wednesday. And of course, Friday. we'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Welcome to the team. Thank you for being here on Absolutely. the Stripe Show podcast. We'll talk soon. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest-performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels visit encoregolf.com slash travis fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game now back to the stripe show podcast